Welcome to the WSPD Briefing Room, the official podcast of the White Settlement Texas Police Department, dedicated to enhancing transparency and community trust, including true crime stories, case updates where you can help solve crimes, and educational information on what we do. And now here's your host, Chief of Police, Christopher Cook. Welcome to another January episode of the WSPD Briefing Room. Wow, I cannot believe it's 2024 already. Matter of fact, just turned 50 years old. Ouch, you know, time is really flying by. I want to introduce our guest speaker today, Wesley Gregory, an officer assigned to our patrol division. Got over eight years of experience as a police officer and certainly can shed some experience as it relates to the conversation that we're going to be talking about. And that's Star Chase. You know, it's kind of like something out of the movies. Matter of fact, the headline from KDFW Fox 4 News Affiliate, and I say, quote, White Settlement PD's new tool for car chases looks like something out of Batman. Wow. You know, okay, before we get into this uh, important topic, Wesley, tell our guests a little bit about yourself and what you do. I'm assigned to the patrol. I've also began to take control of the honor guard. On a regular basis, we go from calls ranging from just a regular meat complaint to aggravated or assault calls. You know, most of our audience probably realizes that police chases, in particular, we're talking about car chases, are really one of the most dangerous aspects in policing. Number one, they're very unpredictable. Number two, They're dynamic, meaning that the actions of a fleeing suspect, they're occurring in real time, often high speeds, and certainly involve dangerous driving behaviors by the suspect vehicle because they're trying to get away. And number three, pursuits, as I always remind the community and our officers of this important element, they're outcome driven. And what I mean by that is that depending on how the situation ends up depends on whether the community supports the vehicle chase. Let me break it down like this. There are certainly times as a profession, as a police department, that we absolutely should chase a suspect in a car. There are other times when we should not engage in a chase, and that could be based upon several factors that we're going to hopefully delve into a little bit today. But being an outcome-based activity that law enforcement engages in, it means simply this. If we chase a stolen car, we catch the suspect, no wrecks occurred, Victim gets their car back, suspect goes to jail, they're held accountable not only for stealing the car, but also for evading, which is the technical legal term of running from police in a vehicle. And I'll also mention that that's a felony in Texas. If I put that up on social media that we did all that, or even if I did a news release for that matter, or if I talk about it in a community meeting, guess what? The community, by and large, will applaud our efforts and really thank us for the crime fighting that we perform. But on the other end of that token, as an outcome-based action, that same scenario, if I just change one outcome of it, meaning that instead of apprehending the suspect with no crash, this time the suspect runs a red light, let's say, strikes an SUV, they have a family on board, who again, you know, they're just wrong place, wrong time, minding their own business, injures a family member, or God forbid a member of that family loses their life due to the actions of the suspect running that red light, We have a totally different outcome. And instead of the applause for a job well done, 
you know what's next, right? Public scrutiny, media scrutiny, rightly so, comes from every single direction. And so that's what I mean when I say that pursuits are outcome-based. Yes, outcome-based is just like you said, Chief. It depends on what the crime is, why we're going towards the car or trying to capture the suspect. Obviously, we want everybody to be safe while we're pursuing. We have to make sure that we can. the safety is outweighing the risk. Then we need to pull back and possibly get them at a different time. Excellent said. You know, you see, the community expects that we hire professional police officers, right? That we train our officers, that we have adequate, we have effective supervision during high-risk actions. And certainly, again, we've already maintained that Vehicle chases are a high-risk action that we undertake as a profession. And we've already identified that the community expects that we also hire and appoint leaders to ensure that we have the correct policy that matches the risk that have to be balanced, as you said, and evaluated, often in seconds. I mean, it's not like you're sitting there formulating a big plan, that you're looking at stuff on paper. I mean, When a chase goes down, it happens very quick. That's why we say they're dynamic. But we want to lessen the risk to someone becoming injured, uh, maybe property damage, you know, the vehicle being crashed, not only to our community and the innocent people on the road, but also our police officers and our police cars and also the suspect. Of course, we've had several incidences where we've activated a traffic stop and the vehicle was recently reported stolen. You know, exactly. You know, I'm certainly not here to change uh, people's perceptions of car chases, but what I am trying to do with this episode is just talk about the facts. I really just want to convey that, you know, we don't just go out and chase people because it's fun. You know, many officers across this country, they've lost their lives. They've lost their careers and they're directly tied to police chases and, and those negative outcomes. And unfortunately, you know, the answer is not to say we're not going to chase people anymore because if you have a no-chase policy, then it's an open season to allow criminals to operate with impunity and commit violent crime, you know, without consequence. And, and so really that's not the answer, and we know that. The community knows that. It really boils down to five elements that I want to share uh, with you and see if you agree. Number one, policy. Number two, training. Number three, risk mitigation. Number four, evaluation. And number five, transparency. And I want to break those down real fast. You know, let's start with policy. As you know, as I was appointed as uh, your new chief, Officer Gregory, you know, we looked at the policy. We brought the team together. Uh, it wasn't a decision I made in a vacuum. We, we hosted what I call a shared leadership team meeting where we came in, we made some modifications. But the most important thing is we got buy-in from the cops, right? Yes, sir. You remember we, we sat with everybody back there. We talked about it. And we looked at different things that were happening, not only across North Texas, but the country. And so, again, we just wanted to make sure that the cops understood where we were coming from. And so as you move forward now as a police officer, you have full understanding on, yeah, uh, I had at least an opinion that I could voice. And I feel like that at the end of the day, we listened as an organization before we just pushed a policy out. Yes, sir. By far. And number two, training. And I mean training on the new policy, right? We're accredited as an agency by the Texas Police Chiefs Association. And so from a mandate, we have to train at least annually. But we try to keep this topic going throughout the year. Matter of fact, we, we hit it during in-service last year. 
We've got emergency vehicle operation coming up this year. And so, and then you just got out of some star chase training. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Yes, sir. So from a training perspective, that's the second element. The third one is risk mitigation. And what I mean by that is looking at tactics, looking at technology on how we can better position ourselves to apprehend fleeing suspects by reducing injury, reducing the potential for wrecks, right? And so that's why we looked at Star Chase. We looked at other things too. I mean, we looked at stop sticks. Uh, we decided as an agency, not interested. Uh, there's too much danger. Many officers lost their lives across uh, this great nation trying to deploy that technology. We looked at, you know, what they, you know, I guess Hollywood calls it the pit maneuver, right? And, and quite frankly, it just doesn't work from the standpoint of the new technology that's in cars, the sensors. You can't even hardly get close to a car before it engages analog braking, engaging steering, and all that. We're not going to really shoot at tires unless it's a deadly force encounter, right? Correct. And so as technology, those advanced, really the underlying question for me as a leader was, can we do something to catch or apprehend the suspect later on our terms, as you mentioned? You know, maybe when it's safer for the community, maybe when it's safer based upon the circumstances, you know, we really, it boils down to, do we absolutely need to chase this suspect right now? And so that's where we talk about, you know, balancing the need to apprehend with the risk to the community. Uh, That, by the way, those risks continually change throughout the duration of a pursuit. A high-speed chase in a residential neighborhood is a whole different conversation than a high-speed chase on a highway. Would you agree? I totally agree. And so that's an important element, number three, which was risk mitigation. The fourth element is evaluation. As you know, kind of walk our viewers through, when you engage in a vehicle pursuit, what kind of paperwork and review occurs? I have to do a pursuit report. I have to do an offense report. As well as if there's an accident that has occurred, I have to do an accident report. Yeah, and so really where I'm going at number four, evaluation, we review every car chase. We like to look at them from the perspective of what did we do well, what did we do poor, Were there any alternatives that we didn't think of? Did we follow policy right? We've had cases, like every police department, where there's been violations of the pursuit policy, and then we deal with that. How did the controlling supervisor, because when there's a chase, we assign a controlling supervisor. That could either be a, a corporal, a sergeant, or even a lieutenant. What about dispatch? Did they do everything to put us in a good position as well? You know, all of those elements are really critical, and that's part of the evaluation element. And then the last element that I mentioned is transparency. And and I will tell you that every leader, every police department, every sheriff's department, every federal agency, anybody that engages in car chases, they have to make their own decision on what they're comfortable with sharing with the public as it relates to this topic. I will tell you, you know, I lean more heavily on being pretty open about how we engage in car chases. Uh, We talk about our technology. We talk about our experience. We also publish an annual pursuit statistical summary as part of our accreditation that is sent to the Texas Police Chiefs Association. And, you know, we also publish an annual police report that encompasses not only pursuits, but really all of our operations, which, by the way, is not a requirement, something voluntarily that we do as an agency. But at the end of the day, I really want us to be an open book. I want people to critique us. I want the community to see how their tax dollars are being invested, right, to fight crime. You know, if somebody has a question, well, how much money did you spend on Star Chase? I want to be able to be transparent about that and talk about that and, and the reason why. Because at the end of the day, I think our community deserves to know certainly how we fight crime, how we solve community problems, and, and how we work hard behind the scenes to really elevate quality of life, you know, for our residents, for our businesses, for the visitors that come to this town. And so that's why we have a dedicated space on our website. You click about us, there's a 
section that says car chases, and uh, you can find our policy. You can find a video about Star Chase. You can see everything that we're doing as it relates to our pursuit statistical summary, our annual report. All of that is right there. And so, again, what am I interested in as a police officer, Wesley? What's your perspective on training and how do we rally really your peers to fully understand not only our policy, but how they can apply the policy as they embark on their duties in policing the community? I think with training is going to help out a bunch. Once we get everybody trained and know why we're doing this, it's going to help out with pursuing. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, as we launch into what Star Chase is all about, I kind of want to dedicate this episode. And, and, you know, I normally don't do this on the podcast, but some of you may not be aware, I lost my best friend in a vehicle pursuit. Were you aware of that? Yes, sir. Okay. And so July 29, 2004, Rainy night, best friend was a police officer in a neighboring jurisdiction here in North Texas. Stopped a truck because there wasn't any license plates. Unbeknownst to the officer, the truck was uh, fresh stolen from an auto dealer in the wee hours of the morning. You know, And as he approached the truck, they reversed, rammed his patrol car. He gave chase, as most police officers would in that set of circumstances. And as he was approaching a four-way stop sign, uh, chasing the suspect, backup officer responding to help, crashed into my friend um, and unfortunately lost his life that fateful night. I'll never forget that. And and really, you know, kind of changed my perspective because up to that point in 2004, you know, I'd been involved in a lot of chases and caught some, lost some, looked back on some where I think, wow, I'm glad nothing went wrong, you know, and uh, by the grace of God, no one crashed, no one was seriously injured. And so I really want to dedicate uh, this conversation as we move forward about what Star Chase is to Officer Nathan Laurie. You know, I'm so proud of his kids, who they become. Matter of fact, I don't know if you're aware, his youngest son is now the police chief for Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railroad Police Department here in Fort Worth. And so super proud of of what has come and and his legacy. So I want to make sure that we uh, certainly dedicate this to him because if there's a technology out there that certainly prevents injuries not only to the community and innocent motorists, but also to our police officers, then I think we should seriously take a look at it. And that's really what Star Chase is all about. Can you kind of describe, for someone that's never heard of it, what's the premise behind Star Chase? How does it operate? It operates with a GPS dart. The dart is located on the front bumper of our vehicle, and we have a a control panel on the inside of our vehicle, as well as a key fob. It has a laser on the front that shines on the car. And we have to get into a certain proximity of the vehicle. Once we're in that certain proximity, then we're able to activate it and it launches a dart that is coated in a gel glue-like substance and sticks to the car. As soon as we activate it and launch it onto the car, the GPS starts right then. We're able to track the vehicle for up to eight hours yeah, so basically, as you said, the Star Chase unit's really a GPS launcher, two darts or tags, as they call them. And once you're in a position, you activate the system. The laser certainly helps you kind of zero in on where that tag's going to land. You certainly do got to get into close proximity to the fleeing vehicle. But once you launch it and there's a successful hit, basically you can back off depending on the situation, right? Correct. And, The goal from that standpoint is, you know, they looked at research within 60 seconds, 
and this is Star Chase that did this research, within 60 seconds, there points to a situation where the suspect typically will return to normal speeds. And so that really puts us in an advantageous position because, number one, hopefully that means they're not running stop signs, red lights, making aggressive lane changes, you know, excessive speeding and all of that. And at that point, though, as soon as it hits their vehicle, how does the tracking occur? The tracking is done by a GPS map. Not only can I track it, but dispatch can track it and other officers can track it who are not involved in the chase. We can rally the troops to gather around that certain area. So it gives us more officers in that area on that one person instead of being out in the middle of nowhere with just me or an officer and possible several suspects, which is never a good idea. Yeah, so once the tag ends up on the vehicle, depending on the type of chase, because it doesn't mean we're not going to chase ever. I mean, there are certain times where we may still, even though we tagged the vehicle, we may stay with it, right? DWI maybe as an example. If if somebody's going from inside lane to outside lane, you know, they're completely drunk, probably don't want to back off of that one, right? We want to keep our emergency lights on right. to alert the public of the danger. Another example might be bank robbery where there were shots fired in the bank, propensity for violence is high. We may tag the vehicle uh, in case it gets away from us, but that might be another one where we stay with it because at the end of the day, we wouldn't want a situation where we back off and then they harm somebody else, right? Correct. But where I can really see this as a leader is your typical property crime, i.e. stolen vehicle. Yes, we do know suspects use stolen vehicles to commit other offenses. We've had, matter of fact, we just had a shooting uh, recently at the corner of Gibbs and Las Vegas Trail. And we didn't really have a suspect profile, but we collected a shell casing. We got a match after we searched that shell casing where Fort Worth Police Department recovered a stolen vehicle in their city, found a shell casing in that vehicle. There was a Nibin hit, which, by the way, if you want to know everything about Nibin, how ballistics works, our second podcast episode dives deep into our partnership with the ATF. Bottom line, we got to hit a match, if you will, that the shooting in our community matched a shell casing that was found in a stolen car that was recovered by Fort Worth. So I get it that sometimes stolen cars are used in other crimes. But if you have a license plate reader hit, stolen car, this is another tool where you could tag it. And again, based upon balancing risk to the community, you could back off, right? And then what would you do? When you backed off, turn off your lights, What's happening in the background with our dispatch center? The dispatch would be giving us updates of where the car is going. If it's going into a different jurisdiction, contacting that jurisdiction, letting their officers know where that vehicle is, and giving other information to us so we can coordinate an approach with other sister agencies so everybody's safe. Yeah, I mean, it really opens up the possibilities to making an apprehension. We know a lot of our stolen vehicles, they flee out of our city. We're only 5.2 square miles. And so hopefully at the end of the day, whenever dispatch, uh, that core view mapping is being operated, let's say it gets abandoned at a motel parking lot. Hopefully we can get there quickly, set up a perimeter, notify the other jurisdiction, they can come and help us and then make an apprehension. Matter of fact, one of the stats that I really liked from Star Chase is that 85% of the time an apprehension is occurring. And that's great. And we're recovering the vehicle, right? Hopefully not damaged. So, yes, their apprehension rate from 
Star Chase is over 80, 85 percent, which is great for us. It's great for the community. And since it also helps with the safety, that's a big one as well. What was your first reaction when you were in the briefing room and you heard, hey, the chief has this idea (laughs) called Star Chase? When I heard about Star Chase, I immediately wanted to research it. It got my wheels turning in my head. I was interested. I wanted to know more about it. And then when I was given the opportunity to be trained on it, I definitely took it and ran with it. I was surprised with everything that it offers us. And like we just talked about, the apprehension rate, when they said the apprehension rate was so high and the safety, I've been in numerous pursuits and some of them have caused a wreck. And those are really eye-opening and it makes you second-guess everything you do. And if we can use this to our advantage so no one gets hurt, then I think it's great for our our department and our community. Yeah, and, you know, certainly I'm not trying to send the message that because of Star Chase, that's going to reduce all crashes. I mean, you know, unfortunately, you've got uh, sometimes desperate criminals that are going to drive with no regard for safety of others on the road. And so I do think from a tactical standpoint, it's an extra tool for you to consider as you're involved in a chase. And so talk real briefly about how the training went and uh, what the success you were seeing out there, you know, because we demonstrated some vehicle chases out there and looks like y'all had a very high apprehension rate as far as making contact with the GPS tag to the fleeing car. Training happened in one day. We had training in the room, a classroom setting, and then we went out to a driving range and tested it in the field. We had great apprehension rate. Everybody hit the car with the dart, and we just got acclimated. During the training session in the field, it was easier for everybody to operate the system, being that a lot of cops are just hands-on. They have to go through the motion. Once we went through the motion, there's a lot of apprehension rate on our quote-unquote suspect vehicle that we chased in the driving range. The good news is it's pretty easy to operate, right? Yes, sir. It's, I mean, it's one or two buttons. That's pretty much it. If you see the suspect vehicle, you'd, you'd press on. It, you don't ride around with it on. Once you see, if you believe you need it on for some reason, you'd turn it on. Then right when you turn it on, you'd press arm. You'd wait for it. It's, it's going to be a steady beep. Once it's able to be fired, then you'd hear a rapid beep. At that point, you're able to fire it, and once you, if you decide to fire it, you just hit fire the fire button, and then it would launch the dart against the car. From my perspective, that's very important. You want something that's not too cumbersome. You want something that, you know, it's easy to operate. Also, the way we wrote our policy is Star Chase can be utilized in conjunction with our existing pursuit policy. I didn't want to over-legislate it or have different rules for Star Chase as compared to rules for vehicle chases. And the good news is, you know, we're only deploying Star Chase when we have exigent circumstances, which really negates the warrant requirement. You know, you it's kind of difficult to go get a search warrant for a GPS tag when the vehicle's fleeing because it's mobile. And the courts have consistently ruled on that. And so from your perspective, as you move forward, when you hear that, hey, there's a stolen car, you get behind one, or maybe you're going to back somebody up. 
How are you already planning and communicating to your officer? If you're in the star chase car, what is your way to convey that, hey, let us get up there and let's try to utilize the star chase versus just an all-out pursuit? We have designated a couple cars right now that are armed with the star chase. The officer with the unit that has star chase on it would take over and be the first one in line behind the car, and he would be radioing to the pursuing officer to drop back so he could make a, a safe approach to the vehicle in order to dart it and then back off. Again, there's some coordination that needs to occur, and that's part of the training uh, environment as well. But I'm just happy, like, as we kind of wrap this episode up, that this is an additional, again, tool for you to consider for our supervisors to also consider as it relates to a vehicle chase or even a potential chase. Matter of fact, I mean, if we stop a stolen car and they pull over, we're probably going to dart it before we even start doing our felony traffic stop, just on the chance that it may take off, because we had that happen just recently. The stolen vehicle pulls over. As soon as the officer gets out to try to give commands, the vehicle flees. The supervisor determined, based upon the nature of the offense, risk to the community, it just wasn't worth chasing. And so we kind of backed off of that. But had we had Star Chase, that would have been an example of being able to at least recover the vehicle at some point because it does have an extended battery life, as you indicated earlier. And hopefully we could get in a position with our neighboring agencies to get in there and make an apprehension. There's been numerous times that we could have used it. Meantime, the White Settlement Police Department says they have a new tool to make police chases safer. It's called Star Chase, and it's a new smart technology that tags a suspect's car with a GPS tracker. White Settlement Police shared this video to social media showing how it all works. So the tracker can report the car's speed, direction. It can give officers real-time data from a distance. Police say while the new toll is not a replacement for pursuits, it does give them another option during certain chases in hopes of preventing a crash. All right. Well, hey, I want to wrap this up. And so first of all, Officer Gregory, thank you so much. I do want to thank you for going out and being attentive to some of these issues that are extremely dangerous for not only, again, the community, but also for our police officers. Uh, Because every police officer, when they come to duty, yeah, they want to make apprehensions. They want to recover stolen vehicles. They want to make good arrests on, you know, violent suspects, stuff like that but they want to do it in a safe manner. Yes, sir. Definitely. Well, thank you so much. Any last parting words? No, sir. I appreciate it. And thank you for having me. All right. Well, appreciate everybody tuning in today on the WSPD Briefing Room. Don't forget, subscribe, like us, leave the comments. We definitely appreciate you tuning in to learn more and come behind the scenes, especially on a topic like vehicle chases. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to the WSPD Briefing Room, bridging the gap between law enforcement and residents one episode at a time. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss a future episode. And for more information, you can check us out online at WSPD.us, on Twitter and YouTube at WSPDTX, on Facebook at White Settlement PD, and on Instagram at White Settlement Police. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.